number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a campus, the most efficient organization on the planet. I mean, I'm going to put a plug in because I think we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby Telford, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer. And I'm glad you're here. Happy Wednesday, January 25th. Just a few days from the big duel out in State College, Pennsylvania. Number one, Penn State. Number two, Iowa. Going to be a banger out at the Bryce Jordan Center. And to discuss that duel and a few other things, brought back on Intermat's Big Ten correspondent, one of the Big Ten correspondents, Kevin Clonch. A Michigan man through and through. Kevin, how you doing, my man? I'm great, buddy. I uh, appreciate the the invitation to come back on here and, and talk some wrestling and, and Iowa-Penn State coming up. So should be fun. Going to be a really fun duel. Um, I got to admit, I'm a little tired of people asking me if Spencer's going to bump up to Russell RBY at 33. Um, yep. I it's It's, look, really fun hypothetical. Maybe we see it in their freestyle careers. Maybe we say, I think RBY said yesterday during their availability that maybe they set up like a little pay-per-view thing after the season. I'm down to see the match. Mm-hmm. I'm just like 110% convinced we are not going to see it Friday. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's, I, I, you know, I was recording uh, the Blood Round podcast yesterday with Tommy and, and we were just saying like, hey, yeah, of course I want to see all the best wrestlers wrestle each other for my entertainment every day of the week. Right. Like that would be awesome. Um, but it's not realistic. If you're Spencer, I'm sure this, I mean, he's wrestling like a guy who's out there to prove a point and it's that he's a, a monster, but also to like finish wrestling in college and get to the things that he's been wanting to get to for the last four five, six years. Right. I mean, we haven't seen him wrestle internationally in a long time. That's what he wants to be doing now, you know? So there's no, there's no, the risk first reward factor is just like, it doesn't compute. doesn't make sense. Um, no chance. On a number of different levels too. Right. And we'll get into this when we really kind of break down the Iowa Penn state duel coming up. Um, I would need six from Spencer and mm-hmm. I'm not sure he gets six against RBY, mm-hmm. but I feel pretty confident in thinking that he gets six points against Gary Steen. Um, you know, so just that sort of dynamic as well. In addition to like, you know, is like, it would be a blast, but just like, I don't know, every other reason says no. Um, so what, what leads you to believe he can just pin Gary Steen? Is it because he's pinned everybody else? I don't know. I shouldn't. Well, there's that, but then also, you know, Gary Steen's pretty red hot coming off a, uh, an overtime win over Tristan Lujan. So we probably should not discount uh, Gary Steen's upward trajectory, um, at least based on the most recent result. So exactly. um no disrespect to Gary Steen, but uh, Spencer might come in a little peeved, um, you know, if we if we say anything other than that, he's probably going to score six points. Um, so what I was hoping to do today, um, we'll get to Iowa Penn State in a minute. What I first wanted to start with, um, we got to see both Iowa and Penn State wrestle this past weekend. Penn State had a really big duel against Michigan. And the duel was as big as the final score margin of victory was 30 to eight. I was a little impressed, wanted to pick your brain about that after we both watched it. Um, And then also we got to see Iowa wrestle twice. Um, We got to see them close to their best against a very good Nebraska team. They thumped them pretty good last Friday. And then we got to see 
um, just how slim the margin for error is, I think, against some of the better teams in a 19 to 18 criteria win over Wisconsin on Sunday um, that left many casual Hawkeye fans reeling. Um, but let's start with this Penn State Michigan duel. Penn State comes away 30 to 8 winners. Um, what Michigan wins, I believe, two matches. Yeah, um, if I remember right. Yeah. Right. So um, and those are the bookends. Those are the only matches that really matter, you know, like the start and the finish. And that's that's fine. That's all we needed. <laughs> well, OK, so you're a Michigan guy. How yes. did you feel? How'd you feel about this? Like, let's let's start there. 30 to eight. I know Michigan has has a good team. Um, I think the more that the season starts to reveal itself, the hierarchy is Penn State, a little bit of a gap. Iowa, a little bit of a gap, and then everybody else. And Michigan kind of falls into that everybody else category where I think they'll be in the trophy mix, just maybe not quite the same tier as Iowa Penn State right now. Things could change, right? We still got two months till March. But what do you would you would you would you think about the the performance overall, the duel, the results? The the the, the tough part, I mean, 157 and 165, like you got to get those wins. That was tough for me. I mean, Willowan Big fan of his, but, you know, he's going to lose those matches if he keeps them that close, right? He's going to have to – we're talking about risk versus reward. He's going to have to take more risks in those matches um, to get takedowns, you know, early on. And and he's done a good job controlling center of the mat. Obviously, he's great defensively, but um, he's going to need to open it up a bit more and score some more points to really separate himself and, and, you know, get to the goals that he has in mind, which I'm sure are a national championship. But wrestling that close and, and, you know, keeping it that close is not going to work. Uh, Cam, I'm sure, you know, the. I mean, I talked to, to Bormat um, a couple of days ago and, you know, he didn't say it specifically, but just kind of referenced like, hey, there's a couple of those matches where we needed to to put together a quick, hard ride um, and then you win the match. Right. I mean, there was 10, 12 seconds left when Facundo got out. The other thing that's, that's tough with Facundo is obviously he's a Michigan guy, you know, he's from <laughs> like, um you know, obviously we got Cam Amin there and he's excellent, two-time All-American in the, in the two opportunities he's had. But, um, you know, would have liked to have kept him within the state instead of uh, headed over to, to Pennsylvania. But that was tough. I mean, in general, though, like Cole Matten, good good attacks. Uh, you know, if he can finish some of those attacks, maybe he gets that win against, you know, a really tough guy in Bo. Um, 184, you know, I mean, Aaron Brooks is Aaron Brooks, right? But, you know, you're still seeing some positives from Fine Silver. There's a couple guys in the lineup that, that need to step up, you know. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it was fine. It was fine. I, I don't feel bad. I mean, Michigan got thumped just as badly the year before, and we won the Big Ten. So, you know, it's this is not an indication of what the team team's potential is, like, I think, in the end. But um, as far as, like, you know, tournament standings, but – it was tough. It was a tough, tough thing to or tough pill to swallow. They rebounded against uh, Rutgers really well, but that was rough. Yeah. Well, and I wonder, you know, how much, you know, multiple thoughts at 57 and 65, right? One, two toss up matches, you know, I do you maybe give the, you know, quote unquote home field advantage to Levi and Facundo winning those matches. Um, and obviously that's going to play a role in Big Ten seeding. But two, you know, hey, Big Tens are in Ann Arbor this year. Are they able to get those back? Um, yeah. You Home know, field win, quote, unquote, right? <laughs> like that's not really something we talk about in wrestling unless someone gets carvered. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's it. Yeah, it's I think the other thing about those two matches um, specifically is and this is maybe a scary thought and kind of plays into the conversation we'll have later about the, the Iowa Penn State breakdown. Um, those young guys 
Kale is so good at this. Those young guys, they're coming along. They're figuring mm-hmm. some things out. Um, and it's not that they both want an OT. It was like maybe the way that they both want an OT. Like I just, you know, Levi beats Luan three to one. Luan had him dead to rights there in what was it? OT. I think it was. And yeah, Haynes rustles sure. through the position, finds a way to score two and win the match. And I'm just like, oh, okay. That's all right. This kid can do this. Okay. Yeah. We'll see if he comes out of red shirt, but this kid can clearly do this. Well, and even before that match, I mean, he he's had such a good year. He's just been, you know, steamrolling dudes. I mean, he he, you know, beat the hell out of Modell from from Wisconsin. Like, he's he's an offensive, you know, uh, phenom. So he's he's going to be awesome to watch. And then you know, Fecundo's kind of the opposite, right? Like, he's so good defensively. He's so long and lanky. Like, he can uh, he can just get out of crazy situations. And he's so good with his positioning too. Um, He's he's gonna find a way to 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 win those matches too. So it's both those guys are really good. It will be interesting to see because my understanding is if they if they throw Levi out against Iowa, like his red shirt's gone. Yeah, he is at his capacity. So if he wants to maintain the red shirt, he can't wrestle the rest of the year. And they did list Baraclow on the probables. So mm-hmm. I imagine both guys will weigh in. Um Levi's going, right? Like that's <laughs> like <laughs> definitely think i mean you know i think and we're going to get into this obviously a little bit later but i think it depends on how 141 goes i think it depends on how 149 goes you know if if those matches go penn state's way maybe they throw bear claw out there if not you know who knows but that's totally fair um i'm of the belief that levi's probably i mean he like he shows he's like you mentioned like it's not just the luan win it's the you know he pummeled garrett modell he's got a win over Baraclow. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he pinned Corbin Munson from Central Michigan. I hate to pick on your Michigan guys, but like he's pretty oh, good. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's you know, he beat Jason Kreiser from Iowa State. He beat um, you know, he's got he's got good wins. He's got good wins. Um, which leads me to believe that he'd be the guy. Um, you know, the other thing about Facundo, same thing, man. Like, I know that they had that like weird sequence where you know Amin got two, but they didn't give him two, and then Facundo wrestled all the way through the position, end up scoring two on the edge, and then you know. Challenge brings it all back, but Facundo still stood up, escaped, got out of that situation and found a way to win the match. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's a big between the ears thing. And especially for a kid like him in a program like that, in a position that he's in, like scary, right? Like kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, He's, he's the real deal. I mean, he was, you know, if I think he was, he was either the top recruit in the country or, or one of the top fives, like regardless of weight class. And, um, He's he's putting it together, you know. When when his offense gets a little bit more scary, like I don't know what people are gonna do, <laughs> right? Um, he looks like David Taylor too, like right, just you know, wide back, long arms, long legs. Like he's got that same sort of build. Yeah, and he's a guy that could you know probably stand to grow into you know seventy four after Star leaves, for example, or maybe after AB leaves and Star grows into eighty four. I'm not sure exactly where their lineup eligibility stands, but. Um, you know, I think those are, those were probably, I know you, you know, mentioned like, Hey, you got the bookends. Um, you know, I, maybe this is just from my outsider point of view. If I'm Michigan, I wanted those two matches too. Um, and it's a bummer that you didn't get them, but you know, how much different does let's do quick math here. 24 to what's that meant? 24, 14. That probably sounds a heck of a lot better than 30 to eight. Right. No, for sure. And then even just, you know, the other, the, the simpler math, right? Like, you know, taking four of the, the, the 10 matches would have been nice, you know? Um, 
now again, those are toss-ups. It was it was the duel. Anything could happen, you know, come Big Tens and NCAAs. I think, you know, it's safe to assume that, you know, especially if Levi uh, is the guy, that all those guys are going to be there in March. Um, but we'll see. We will see how it goes. And, and you know, again, if you're Michigan, sometimes a, a kick in the teeth is, is helpful um, to, you know, kind of remind you where you're at and where you need to be. 100%. Final question for you on this Penn State conversation. What's impressed you the most or what's been your biggest takeaway about the Nittany Lions so far this season? Um, just their, their upper weights, man. I mean, you know, it's, that's the, the crazy thing with them is like they're so good. I mean, like <laughs> thing to say, but like 131 through one through heavyweight, like they they have guys who are national title contenders. Like, you know, it's crazy to say, like, maybe not 165 and maybe not 157, but 133, 141, one, you know, Van Ness is really good, man. Van Ness is really good. And, and if Yanni wasn't there, if it was a more open weight class, I'd be as bold as to say, hey, that guy could go out there and surprise some people in March. Um, but literally, like, 174 through heavyweight, those are national title contenders. They could have five or six this year. Like, that's ridiculous. A little bit, yeah. And, you know, you look at, you know, Shane Van Ness, 49. I would call 49 super top-heavy, but, like, I've not seen anything from Shane Van Ness that says you can't compete with those guys, you know? We're crazy about how top-heavy it is. Everyone's lost. Right. Like, yeah, there was a while where Yanni was ranked number one with an 0-1 record. Right. Like, just, it's wild. It's a complete, it's it's going to be an insane um, year. I mean, you know, again, we expect Yanni to, to get it done, and um but but even so i mean like i can't even remember it probably was one of those years with you know zane and nolf and nickel and, and those guys where you have you know again five national champions or whatever but like that's that's ridiculous man they just keep reloading they keep throwing these guys back in the lineup um they're just so consistent you know i listened to uh tom's uh, interview uh, just a little bit ago before getting on with you here. And, you know, he was just talking about, you know, consistency uh, from his guys and and health from his guys. Like those are the two main things they're working on day to day. And that's what the most impressive piece, Penn State's consistency. Like they always find a way to put it together. Um, and, and that's, it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's almost like there's, it's like a cycle, right? Cause they've, they, they had, they had five champs last year. They've got those, you know, Four of the five are back. You'd throw in Kirk Fleet as a as a title contender this year. Like not only are they title contenders, but like those guys score a crap ton of points, right? Mm -hmm. And so because he's kind of got that in the bank, he can bring Bo Bartlett along. He can bring Shane Van Ness along. They can bring Levi Haynes and Alex Facundo along. And it's like, okay, like once those guys leave, then then you guys take over and do that. And then he brings the next set along. And it's just a never-ending cycle where they just always have four or five dudes. And then they're coaching up the next group of dudes to then be the dudes. And then it's just they just go back and forth. And it's it's insanely impressive. Um, and it's God, just like you. it's it's like, is anybody gonna have a chance? <laughs> like, yeah, I would I would like that. <laughs> it's like when Larry Bird walked in one of my favorite Larry Bird stories he walked into the first three-point contest and he walked into the locker room and was like all right which one of you guys is coming in second you know something to that effect so it's just like that's kind of how it how it looked this year <laughs> it's nuts and it's only becoming more true as the season goes along um it's, it's the Casey Cunningham effect he gets all the credit he, 
which is crazy because I was looking at the um he's like strictly an assistant coach because the associate head coach technically is Cody Sanderson. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I like I don't know, man. Like they're just it's a train that I don't want to step in front of. Um, but they just they'll fi- the tracks find a way to get in front of you and they just is pull there you a over. train is there a train you're excited to get in front of? Um <laughs> Like toy trains, maybe just because I can maybe, stop it yeah. with my foot. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna call a D1 wrestling program a toy train, but yeah. you know, that's I don't know, man. They're impressive. Um, I'm excited to really kind of dig in and watch them up close. I try to watch all their duels. Um, shout out to to Big Ten Plus and the Big Ten Network, um, you know, for airing as much as we can as much as they can. Um, because I do my best, kind of like you to catch up you know, whatever I don't get to on the weekends. That's mm-hmm. usually how I spend my Mondays. Um, yeah. Wanted to pick your brain about the Hawkeyes as well. They had two duels this weekend. They thumped Nebraska pretty good on Friday, 34 to six, super impressive. I think Nebraska is a pretty scrappy, tough team kind of in that same tier as Michigan, where I think they could probably contend for, for the last two trophies. Um, and Iowa stuck it to him, man, like Spencer pinned Liam Cronin, Max Murin picked up a pretty big win. Um, you know, Nebraska got wins at 57 and 74 where you'd expect them to. Um, but just overall, just Iowa just bowled them over. And then two days later, they follow up with just like a it's not super weird when you break it down. They wrestled a couple of backups and Abasad got pinned, which is probably the most frustrating part. But 1918 criteria went over Wisconsin. Um, did not inspire much in the way of confidence heading into a week like this where they wrestled Penn State. From what you have seen or what you did see this weekend, what's uh, what, what you got some thoughts on the Hawkeyes? What do you think about them so far? Yeah, so uh, the the main thing that I really like uh, is Kobe Seabrick. Like, I, yes. I, I was really, I know I had texted you before the season was going when I was trying to put together my my breakout candidates for for the year. And I was trying to figure out what they were going to do at 157. And there was a couple guys, you know, names thrown out there at the time. And, you know, I was just like, I'm not, there's too many names. There's too many op- possibilities here. I'm not going to just, you know, blindly say Iowa at 157. Right. I ended up picking Saldate from Michigan state. Who's undefeated in the big 10. So I think th- smart. My- You're a anyway. very smart man, <laughs> but Kobe's been awesome, man. He's been really good. And like, you know, where he has some losses, like, they're they're respectable losses. He's not he's not losing to guys he shouldn't lose to. He lost to Peyton Rob, like everybody who Peyton Rob has wrestled has lost to him, right? And then you've got um he had that match, uh, the win over Modell, which was a really nice win. Obviously, you know, turns out they needed it for the duel anyway. Um the real quick on the, the Wisconsin duel, like whatever. Like you you gave up, you know, it's a nine point swing with that that lost the the Dow at, at 184 like that's a huge swing you know minimally nine points if you think Assad maybe majors him right like and you know that's that's really what did it. it you got two backups wrestling in there too like it's fine you know you 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 gave them a chance to compete and uh it, it didn't go their way but you got them in there you got them some some time um you know you, you walk away with that that loss and sure it was a lot closer than you wanted it to be or win excuse me but but it's it's whatever, you know, that's a nice with with all things considered, that's a nice win to walk away from. And again, sometimes getting kicked in the mouth is, is a helpful thing. So, no, I agree with you there. I think some of the smaller things from from that duel specifically, you know, I think you want to see 
a little bit more offense from Brody Teske. Um, he's a guy mm-hmm. that's going to give you the workman like four Oh five, two, six, two win like that. And I think, I think his offense will come a little bit more as he gets more reps. He's only wrestled four times this season. Mm-hmm. Um, tough assignment coming up on Friday, but like, you know, he's a guy that, you know, when he was at UNI, he generated a lot of points. Um, and he's a guy that needs to find a rhythm. Um, real woods, um, is the third period slow down thing, something to monitor because we've seen it quite a bit. I mean, this is really picking nits here, but like nine two win, you know, if he gets on his horse and scores bonus point there, it doesn't come down to criteria. Right. So you can make that argument. Um, no, I love that you brought up Kobe Siebrecht. Um, it's a very fun experience watching him wrestle because he is insanely confident in his offense. And we've mm-hmm. seen that with the big throw against Kreiser, the mm-hmm. slide by against Chumley, the, you know, he didn't score, but he came out. And if that man had a kitchen sink in his singlet, he'd have thrown it at Peyton Rob because within mm-hmm. the first 10 seconds, he's lock up inside trip. Let's see if we can get this guy on his butt real quick. Yeah. Um, and then off the restart, he got back on another shot. He ended up losing that match, but like the guy's got offense. He can score. Um, a little bit too much of a leg passer defensively for my taste. I know I've said that before. I'm gonna keep saying it, but it works for him. So mm-hmm. he's, well, the, he's the D one wrestler here. I'm not. That's uh, the thing with him that I, I like. I mean, obviously you mentioned the confidence piece, but like, this is, this is almost like going back to Will Lawan real quick, like for how good a scrambler Lawan is too. It's like maybe then force some scrambles, right? Like Seabrook's that same guy, except like he's, he's forcing the scrambles. If, if you think you're the better wrestler, force the situations. And, you know, see who's going to come out on top. If you think you're going to come out on top 60, 70% of the time, then just keep doing it. You know, like, yeah, he's going to add up in your favor. He's not afraid to, you know, I think he feels most comfortable offensively out of an underhook, but, you know, he's shown that he's got a slide by. He's shown that he can drop out of the underhook into a head inside single. He's shown that he's got a high crotch. Like, we're seeing a little bit more offensive versatility from him, which mm-hmm. is what you're going to need if you're going to want to actually contend in the Big Ten at 157 because it's a very wide open weight. There's a lot of really good wrestlers there. Um, so it's been really fun watching him. He's an Iowa native. He grew up right up the road in Lisbon, Iowa. Um, you know, very kind of under the radar recruit. I know as a senior in high school, he pummeled Wyatt Henson pretty good, um, you know, but just very hot and cold. And so it's been really fun to kind of watch his consistency, um, you know, really blossom a little bit over the last, um, you know, couple years that he's been in the lineup. Um, any other Hawkeye thoughts um, just generally from what you've seen from them so far? It's It just goes back to what Tom was saying, health and, and consistency, right? I mean, you mentioned Kobe, um, but I, I want to see Warner getting back out there. I want to see, um, you know, how, how Brands looks. You know, I, obviously he had the car accident, I think it was, that, that kind of slowed the start to his season. So that's what I want to see, you know. Um, we'll see We'll see what they, they throw out there this Friday. Good segue into Friday's duel. Um, duel of the year, question mark. Um, I think it's safe to say that. It's number one versus number two. We don't get it every year, you know? I mean, we have in recent years because the Big Ten's been so good, but you don't always – it's not a guarantee that this is going to happen. So, got to be excited. Yeah. I hope it lives up to the billing. Um, everything suggests that it will live up to the billing. Iowa-Penn State almost always delivers every single year. Um we got the pro- we have the probables. Both teams have released who who they're going to weigh in. Um, Iowa's bringing two guys at thirty three and forty nine. Although I'm of the belief that it's probably going to be Brody Teske at thirty three, Max Mirren at forty nine. 
Um, Penn State's got two at 57, Levi and Baraclow. Um, we think we're seeing Levi, but um, you made a good point earlier. Uh, may depend on how 41-49 goes. Um, you know, if Penn State's able to, to win those, maybe they send Baraclow out 57. Um, I think, let's start here. I think Iowa pretty strongly favored at 25. And I think you could give them a you give them the edge of 41 too. Penn State's pretty well favored at 33, 74, 84. And then I'm saying 97 just because of the history. Yeah. Dean beat him twice last year. Safe to say. Big question marks at literally the remaining four weights, which I think is how this duel is going to be decided. Um how what what do what do you think about that particular setup slash how does this duel get decided? Well, I think 97 is, is, is we should include in those toss-ups too. Cause you know, I mean, obviously a lot of it depends on the health of, um, of, uh, uh, Warner, but you know, Max Dean's already lost this year. He, he lost last year before winning the national title. Like he's not a lock to just win. Right. Um, if Warner shows up right and he's got his new neon, uh, inflicts on, then, then he might be ready to roll. Right. I want to figure out how many pairs of those shoes he has because it can't be the same pair for the last four years that he's been rocking. Um, there was uh, he told me a story one time where I want to say uh, I have to go look this up because now I'm drawing a blank. But like one of those pairs would like did not belong to him. Like I felt pretty sure they belonged to like one of the coaches or one of his teammates, and he just wore them, and he nice. ended up winning a pretty big match. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, I think those were from 2016 uh, Olympics, the, that color scheme. But anyway, um, I'm sure he has plenty of pairs at this point. Anyway, um, I think you're right. I mean, the one I'm most excited to, to see is 165. I, I'm a huge, I mean, it's it's contrast of styles, right? You're going to have Facundo, who we already talked about as being, you know, so talented defensively and, and just across the board, right? Not to take anything away from, from his offense either. But then you've got Kennedy, who's just, He's going to beat your head in until he starts firing off shots, which doesn't take him very long to do that either. So um, that's going to be an awesome match. I mean, the fact that Kennedy and, and uh, Hamidi was was what it was, you know, was pretty impressive. It shows that Kennedy's right there. He's continuing to make improvements. Um, that one's going to be just so much fun to see. And, and honestly, I think Kennedy pulls it out. I, I, I just tend to lean towards the, the guys who I think are going to take more risks and take more shots. And I think he can get it done. There's there's a history there. Who's number one? Their senior year of high school, or at least Kennedy's senior year of high school. He beat him five two at Carver. Uh-huh. Um, two tremendous finishes, if I remember that match correctly. The thing I want to see from Kennedy is this is another kind of rangy sixty five pounder, and his two losses this year and the guys that he has struggled to wrestle against are kind of those lanky, rangy sixty five pounders. David Carr, Dean Hamity. Facundo, I think, falls into that mix, even though he's got that win over him. Also, like you mentioned, defensively, when it comes to these bigger matches, whether it's Murin against Gomez or Pinero or Yaya or Kennedy against Carr or Hamity or just some of these bigger matches, Nelson Brands against uh, Labriola. He was in on a couple shots. Warner against Bastida. You got to find a way to finish those shots, man. You got to find a way to finish. Avisad against Marcus Coleman. Um, I think it's safe to say that that – uh, David Carr and, and Dean Hamity are not Facundo, you know, like those guys are, are as polished as it gets offensively and can figure out ways to, to take advantage of 
Kennedy's aggressive style. Um, I just I don't see that that level of of attack coming from from uh, Facundo in this match. Final thought on on sixty five. Um, Facundo found a way to beat Amin, who mm-hmm. is not dissimilar of a style of wrestler from Alex Marinelli, who is not dissimilar from a style of wrestler as Patrick Kennedy. Does that help Facundo in this matchup? See, I what what this is going to sound uh, like blasphemy. I don't think Cam Amin is is quite the same offensive wrestler as as Kennedy or or Marinelli. I mean, those guys were going to move forward and and you know beat up your head to fire off shots. I think Amin does it to to just hurt you and and wear you out. <laughs> he's going to get to his offense as a result of just, you know, beating on your head and pushing you around. So I guess I mean more like, that's a fair point. Um, but like, um, like if you look at all three wrestlers, like they, they hold very similar stances on the mat. They, they, they stalk very similarly, just the style it like, yes, Kennedy probably has a little bit more offensive versatility compared to Kamamine, but like just knowing what that particular wrestler feels like, um, you know, before you get to the offense there, I wonder how yeah. much that helps Facundo. Um, it might, it might, I think it, it, it at this level, you know, there, there's only so many different moves in, in wrestling, right? Like he's going to run into other guys that are going to be physical, like those guys too. Um, probably already has, I can't think off the top of my head, like who else he's, he's wrestled or lost to potentially this year. But, um, I, I just think, I mean, could it put, give him some sort of an advantage or some, you know, feel advantage? Sure. But I, I don't think it's going to be enough to make any real impact on the match. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. That that thought was in my head. Just just they all look similar. I know they all have different types of offense and attacks that they go to. And, you know, I, similarly different, you know, defensive tactics and whatnot. Like, I don't, you know, I, Kennedy's best defense is his offense because he just constantly comes forward for the seven minutes. So I wasn't sure just how much maybe I'm just trying to big brain that and it's not a thing that actually exists um <laughs> wanted to ask you about um cassiope kirkfleet because there's a very real chance the duel comes all the way down to heavyweight cassiope um has won a handful of duels for iowa doing that mm-hmm. um kirkfleet got him in november in a mm-hmm. match that didn't count but did count because we all saw it yeah um First time I believe he's beaten them since they've been collegiate wrestlers. Cassiope was previously four and zero, if I remember so. right. At least at least three and zero. What do you, and this I'm I'm asking you to reach back here because this is great podcasting. What what do you feel like Kirk Fleet did differently, or what is he doing differently that allowed him to win that one? I think uh, two things. One, he wasn't where, where Cassiope was winning those matches before was because he was just getting into like kind of body lock positions a couple of times, right? He was just kind of, you know, muscling him around in there. And, and you know, that's that's where I think he kind of lost it in November. Um, Kirk Fleet was able to just take more shots and he was just blowing Cassiope right out of his shoes, you know, um, at least in two of those shots. He, he basically was just like the shot knocked him right to his butt. So, if you're Cass, you come into this match thinking, okay, A, I need to be quicker with my sprawls. I need to be quicker with with recognizing and, and noticing, you know, when he's going to be taking these shots. Because he was taking them from space too, right? Like he wasn't he wasn't really driving in there and tying up. And you The typical more, Penn State low ankle shots. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so and then you are more deliberate with, with how physical you're being in there and how long you're willing to hand fight in there and the intensity with which you're going to bring to that hand fight. 
Um, I was talking to Bormet the other day and, and just to get back to that conversation real quick. And he was talking about the, the intensity that, that they didn't bring to the hand fighting uh, against Penn state and, and just not matching that intensity. So I think that's going to be a big focus for Cass is, is matching or, or exceeding the intensity of the hand fight, being willing to go deeper uh, into, into those situations um, and, and recognizing to not, you know, walk right into a shot from, from uh, Kirk Fleet. That's, that's gotta be the approach in my mind, because if he's just kind of letting Kirk dance around and, and, you know, work from his space and, and to create those, those angles, it's, it's not going to be good. If I remember correctly in the all-star matchup, um, there was a sequence where Kirk Fleet at that point had a pretty substantial lead or had a pretty sizable lead. I'm trying to pull up the box score here while I'm discussing it. Here it is. Um, Kirk Fleet ended up winning eight, five. Um, mm-hmm. there was a point, I believe it was the third period. So at this point it's five, four Kirk Fleet Cass gets in on a shot. I could be wrong on the specific timing here, but Kirk Fleet had the lead Cass gets in on a shot. And I know if he finishes this shot, which he normally does, it was a head outside shot. He normally is able to quickly come up, finish it, bring the leg up, cut across. If he finishes that shot, it's a totally different match. Um, cause then I tend to trust Cassiope on top against anybody, but he has especially shown that he can finish out periods and matches on top against Kirk Fleet. Um, Cassiope's got to finish that position this time. Like, cause I know he's probably going to get there, whether mm-hmm. it's first, second, third period, he's got to find a way to finish that particular sequence. If he wants to win this match, give Kirk Fleet a little bit of credit. He was able to adjust in enough time. I think it was a pretty slow moving sequence. If I remember it correctly altogether, but he was able to adjust in time to basically like stuff the initial shot. Cassiope was on his way to come up and Kirkfield had said, nope, shoved his head inside sprawl initially put his, or put, put pressure on and he ended up scoring a takedown out of that and ended up winning eight, five. Um, That's what Cassiope. My, uh, just a quick thing on the head, moving the head around when people take shots and the, you see the defensive wrestler just grab the head and jam it inside, or in some cases jam it to the outside and cut the corner. I'm just like, damn, that was so awesome. <laughs> it's 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 incredible um these guys so are literally right yeah on one foot to just be like nope change in this position right here don't like that <laughs> and it's such a like every every high level wrestling match especially between two high level wrestlers like cassiope and kirk Fleet, two literally world-class wrestlers mm-hmm. um like every single wrestling match is like a calculus equation in motion. So it's like, oh yeah, like it's the math is breaking Cassiope's way until Kirk Fleet does this and then everything changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like Cassiope's going to get to that position. He's got to win that position, I think, if he wants to win this match. Because um, if he if he wins that position in the All-Star Duel, totally different match. The, mm-hmm. you know, the final, whatever the rest of the match ended up being. It's going to be the same thing here. Um and so that's, I want to see Cassiope, I guess, finish quicker on his opportunities. Cause you know, he's going to generate opportunities. Yeah. Um, the speed with which you finish, because like same thing with Kirk Fleet, right? Like those low level shots, he's able to finish really quick. Can Cassiope do the same thing? That I think will be a huge factor in a match like that, which again, could be the huge factor in a duel like this. Well, I'm glad you walked through the box score because I, I didn't remember it having been that close. Like my memory of it was just that you know, Kirk Fleet just took it to him for the entire time. And I, I think I literally just, it was that. three takedowns to zero, but right, it was, right. it was one of those situations where if Cassiope scores rides out, you know, mm-hmm. Kirk doesn't get the escape on the other side and it just, it flips the match. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, 100%. So, um, I mean, it's going to be a toss up for sure. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I, I was, I was so happy to see Mason Paris get the win over Kirk Fleet. I'd, I'd like, I, just put those two, Cass and Kirk, on the same side of the bracket. That's what I want. I want Mason, <laughs> Mason up top. Put Schultz down there too, for that matter. <laughs> I was gonna say he's still got to deal with Colton Schultz. Yeah, yeah. Although Colton Schultz may end up like the six seed, the way the current heavyweights is, are unfolding. So right, yeah. Well, if he, you know, he's not even wrestling that much anymore. I hope he's feeling all right, but um, yeah. Always, you talk about having all the all the best wrestlers in the world competing against each other for our entertainment. Here's hoping that all of these guys stay healthy and and keep moving and get to march and so that we can see the best of the best at the biggest baddest tournament on the planet. Um, okay. One final thing, uh, wanted to ask you about this Iowa Penn State duel. Um, I guess two final things because I'm going to ask you for a prediction. But um, what is the path? Do you think? Cause I have my own thoughts, but what do you think the path is for Iowa to win this duel? The, you can't give up bonus points. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You can't give up bonus points and you have to get them from Spencer. You have to get, you have to get the bookends. You have to get a heavyweight match. You have to get uh six from Spencer and those toss up matches. I mean, they, they have to come through for that, you know, um, they have to get a nice win out of Real Woods. Um, if he can even get bonus points, which is a really hard thing to do against a guy like Bartlett, but you know, looking to capitalize in, uh, on any chance to put put a guy to his back and just get those extra points. Um, I mean, if they get, let's say they get pins at at one twenty five. Let's say they get uh, uh, somehow fall into a pin at at one fifty seven. Right? I, I think Kobe's certainly capable, especially if he wrestles a guy like Barraclaw. Kobe's dynamic, man. He could. I'm not saying I'm expecting it or predicting it or but I'm I'm just saying like that's a guy who you can throw out there and think like he can he can get him right um again no I don't want this to be Will Awan slander but I wouldn't say the same thing about Will Awan right <laughs> um but Kobe is a guy that can do that and uh so if you can get bonus points in some unexpected places uh and and you know get some of those toss up matches that's it that'll do it um you know, you got to win at 197. You got to win at 165. You got to win at 157. You got to win at at 41 and 25, and and that that would do it. And and keep the bonus points from getting scored at 74, 84, um, and any of those other weights, 49. And again, Iowa can win 149. So who knows? I I'm of the belief that it looks it looks like this: six from Spencer at 25. Mm-hmm. RBY, I think, will beat Brody Teske. I don't know that he'll score bonus points. They are extremely familiar with each other, and it's incredibly hard to score bonus points on Brody Teske. So 6-3, Iowa after 33. Real Wood's got to take care of business against Bo Bartlett. I don't know that he'll score bonus on Bo, but a win makes it 9-3. 49, 57, 65. Iowa probably needs two of those three. And if they do that, that gets them... In theory, okay, so let's give them 49 and 65. So that's 12-3, 12-6, 15-6. I'm giving Penn State 74, 84, 97 until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. So that's is that that 15-15 going into heavy, and that gives Cass a shot. If they win all three of those, you're looking at an 18-12 lead going into heavyweight, and Iowa could absolutely win the duel. But yeah. that's 
I think between 49, 57, 65, that is assuming Spencer and real take care of business. That's the stretch. Iowa needs two of three. You're sitting there writing it down, thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, we talked home field advantage earlier. It might come into play, right? If 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 Iowa loses this duel, it's because uh, they figured out ways to win at 149. Uh, Van Ness is really good. Van Ness is really, really good. Um, and what makes that match so intriguing is Max has looked incredible this season. I know he's lost to Yaya. I know he lost to Gomez. I know he's lost to Pinero. But the dude's like 14 and three with nine bonus wins, yeah, which is I mean, like, he's, he's incredible. He looks great this year. Again, those are those are reasonable losses, right? Those yeah. are ones where you would have, I mean, maybe not uh, Pinero, but he's looked really good this year, right? Like, um, right. And he's he's got previous wins over Yaya. And yeah. I think if you wrestle him and Pinero 10 times, it goes 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Gomez. Gomez is a little bit of a different animal. Even then, I thought he wrestled okay. I don't think yeah. that's a bad loss to take. No, for sure. Um, so, the, I mean, if 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 Iowa loses, it's because you know Van Ness gets the win. Uh, uh, either Haynes or Bearclaw figures it out at fifty-seven, and and Facundo gets the win, right? I mean, you you can't have that happen if you're Iowa here. Um, but you know, consistency and health. Just like, just like an old Tom said, uh, that's, that's what you're going to need from these guys. Um, you know, and, and this, this could end up being one of those things, let's say best case scenario, you get wins at all those weights at, at 49, you know, 57, 65, and even a win at 97 and heavyweight. That's not out of the question either. You know, you could walk away with this with just a huge Iowa win or a huge Penn state win, which is what makes this so much fun. I could see. I could see I I could see Penn State win twenty four to nine. I could see absolute best case scenario Iowa could win twenty four to what's that twenty four to nine. Yeah, mm -hmm. I could see I could see both. I I don't know that we're gonna see either extreme. I think it'll be somewhere closer to the middle. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like that's I think that's the beauty of this particular dual meet, and especially that forty nine fifty seven sixty five stretch. That's gonna that's gonna dictate a lot of this duel, not, you know, I, I'm not saying Nelson and Abe can't compete with star and AB, but that's tall mountains to climb. So, mm -hmm. you know, and like you mentioned, those guys cannot give up bonus there. I don't believe they will. Um, but you can't like, that is priority. Number one, you got to hold position well, and you, you cannot give up bonus points there and star wow. and AB are more than capable of scoring bonus. And, and that's what we talked about at the very beginning of this, right. Is just how like you said, capable those guys are and how consistently they're going out there to score big points. All right. That what we just said, Iowa needs to do is the exact same thing. I'm sure, you know, Kale and company are telling their, their horses, right? Like you guys need to go out there and you guys need to put on a show uh, for these guys. And, and I mean, RBY too. I mean, that guy's, you know, certainly capable of getting bonus points or even a pin. Not, not again, no disrespect to, to Teske or, or anybody at or Iowa there, but, when he really puts it together and, and gets on his horse, he's, he's ready to go, man. So yeah, guy is guys nine and no with eight bonus wins. The only guy he, he did not bonus was Dylan Raggison. Shout out Michigan. Yeah. What up? <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's kind of how I see it. I'm, I'm not sure if you had any final thoughts. Uh, I guess the, the one final thought here before I, before I cede the floor to you, um, I know I keep saying Dean's probably the favorite because he beat Warner twice last year, but I do want to make sure that people remember one, two things. One, Warner routinely is a guy that 
more often than not, not always, but more often than not comes through when Iowa needs a big win at 97, if Iowa needs a big win at 97. And two, um, I think it was his redshirt freshman year. He beat a really good Willie Miklas in that wild Iowa, Iowa State duel at Carver where Gomez almost pinned DeSanto to win the duel. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, like Warner rolled his ankle pretty gnarly in that match and still found a way to knock off a four-time NCAA All-American. So you know the guy in a big duel like this is probably going to bring his best, whatever that looks like because of what he's dealing with. But I just wanted to make sure that that was – I know I know I'm picking Dean. I know I've picked Dean at almost every turn, but like I know Warner is going to bring his stuff. If anything, uh, Patrick Warner has, I feel like for his entire Iowa career, just taken crap. <laughs> like, well, oh, he, he was, he placed seventh, but why didn't he place first? You know, oh, he made the finals finally. Thanks, Patrick. I just, I don't even, I don't even like, I don't even listen to the Jacob Warner slander anymore. Because um, <laughs> the guy has showed up. He's been there. He's four-time NCAA qualifier. He's gone seventh, fourth, second. Um, yeah. He's in line to be a four-time All-American, barring something unforeseen. Like, the guy has lived up to his top 10 recruiting billing at quite literally every turn. Like, I'm pretty sure he still has a shot to win 100 career matches. If not, he'll finish in the 90s. Like, yeah. I don't, like, when people boo-hoo Warner, I'm like, he made the NCAA finals. He's absolved from that. Sorry. Like, you need to stop. Yeah. And 197 has been so good for the last several years too, right? So like he's he's been he's been up there with with some of the better guys. Um, and then I I was such a big fan. I don't remember what football game it was. Uh, I think it was this spring uh, where he was there like shirtless and Max Murin was on his shoulders. And just, they were wearing jorts. <laughs> yeah, I, like, Dude, I would love to hang out with Patrick Warner. I I I don't need any more convincing. I'm sure he's a great hang. He's he's a good dude. Um, He's him and I talk fantasy football every uh, every preseason because um, they they have like a twelve team fantasy football league um, yeah and so like they're always like tweeting at each other back and forth or talking trash on Instagram and so I'm just like I'm like give me the insight like who you pick in who you draft in what 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 are the shrewd moves here um, they're a fun they're a, he's a, he's a fun dude um, I think he's absolutely a fun dude go pretty high in that draft oh yeah absolutely I, I'm pretty sure. Somebody probably had CJ Beathard on their bench, even though the guy took like six, like six snaps total this year. Um, yeah. So they're, no, they're no, Iowa guys through and through. Noah Fant goes in the third round. <laughs> <laughs> Just all the Iowa tight ends. Yeah. Um, okay. Last, last, last. Oh, well, unless, unless there's a, okay. Yeah. Any, any other Iowa thoughts before I ask you for a prediction? I, I don't really have any more Iowa thoughts. Um, honestly, walking through this, a little bit more granularly and specifically it it's, it's going to be closer than I, I thought. Um, I, you know, just quick glance at it. I was like, yeah, those upper weights for, for Penn state going to be really, really hard to overcome. But now I'm walking through it and I'm like, damn, they could, they could get this done. So yeah, let me do like my quick math here while I put the official prediction down. I will. So while you're doing that, here's, here is my thought. I think, I think Penn state gets it done. I think it comes all the way down to the last match. I think uh, Kirk Fleet tops Cass and Penn State wins the duel 18 15. Um, I see Spencer getting six. I see um, Iowa getting two out of the three um, from 49 to 65. Um, I see Star AB and Dean holding serve. And I see Cassiope um, and Kirk Fleet duking it out in a winner take all epic heavyweight match that I think Kirk Fleet wins 
um, on Friday night and they win the dual 18, 15 chalk it up to, um, I also have Levi beating Kobe, um, chalk that up to home field advantage, I suppose. Um, but I think it's going to be an epic duel. Um, there's definitely a path here for Iowa. If they bring their a game, if they bring the a team for one and the a team brings their a game, um, absolutely a path here. Um, I just, I, I see Penn state winning, I guess, I guess six out of 10, um, and just and just edging them out barely. I'm I'm giving bonus points to the guys I uh, the the big guys right. I think RBI can get four. I think Starachi can get four. I think Brooks can get four. Okay. Uh, I think Kirk wins. Uh, just because he's again, it's hard to get that that memory of of that match out of my mind. Um, <laughs> And then, but I think you're going to get six from Spencer. I think you're going to get uh, three from Woods. I think you're going to get three from Murin. Um, and then I'm just going to go ahead and pick uh, Seabrick uh, and and uh, Kennedy to win. And I think Warner wins. I think mm. that, that's a big match. I think that's almost more important than heavyweight. Um, so, you know, with that, that math here, what, 4, 8, 12, 15, 6, 9, 12, 15. Yeah, I've got uh, 21, 13, 15, something like that. Yeah, 21, 15, Iowa. Wow. Okay. I just I just think that if you win those toss-up matches, which could happen, and that's the other thing is I don't know if they're going to pull the red shirt Levi. Again, it depends on what the score looks like going into that match, I think, uh, is going to be a big deciding factor. Um, but even if you do, I think that uh, Warner getting the win, like, would do it. Would be It would be 18-18, actually, uh, with this. Yeah. So you've got... Now I'm trying to read the math here. Six, six, four, nine, four. Here's, here's, here's what needs to happen. Let's say... 12, 15... 18-4, 18 18 18 no, 18-8, 18, 18-12. Dude, you got Iowa winning by a lot. So you have them sweeping 49 through. 21-15 would be that. Now, let's say, let's say, you know, it's RBY does get four, all right? Uh, and then you you have Iowa win uh, 41, and Iowa would be up 12-4 going into 157, and then they pull Levi's red shirt. Um then maybe then maybe Levi does win that match, all right, and you get three more points. Then it's just keeping Starachi and AB from getting a major decision, and then the rest of what I said still happens. Patrick Kennedy gets a win, Warner gets a win, Kirkfleet gets a win. Then Iowa still wins eighteen seventeen. All right, okay. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. And the fun part about this duel is that like. My possibility, your possibility, both extremes, all entirely possible. 100%. And like that is that is what I think the beauty of this dual meet is. It's the beauty of number one and number two. Um, we'll discuss come tournament time how different the dynamic is probably going to be. But for now, it's dual meet time. And I'm excited, man. I'm really excited. Um, I, I You got like a special setup, like the Blood Round crew gets together and watches all these big duels. Or do you guys just watch them individually? We usually just watch them individually. It's tough, and especially because, like, this Friday, I'm going to be at my son's dual meet, so I'm going to miss Michigan and Ohio State. So I don't the know dual? I'm... Do you guys call it the dual? 
No, I, no, but that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you refer to it as the game, but like, yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's like the duel and everything else. Yeah, no, I, I think I will start doing that now. But um, but no, I mean, that, that's I'm going to try to stay off Twitter, I think, so it don't, I don't get it ruined. And then by the time I get home. Good I'm, luck with that. Yeah, I know, man. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. But, you know, at least I'll be coaching, you know, so I, I'll, I won't be looking at Twitter while I'm coaching. Um, so all of this, like, I'm going to be catching up with, right? Like, I'll probably get home, put the kids to bed, start that duel, and then kind of try to catch up slowly into wherever we're at at that time with with Penn State and Iowa. But man, um, yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be one hell. I know Tommy's already like he was saying he's like I already told the family like don't bother me Friday night. <laughs> you know? um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be such a great weekend of wrestling, man. And then I'm actually we're going down um, Saturday. I'm going down and I'll be at the uh, Michigan Maryland duel. So checking that. Oh, out. that'll be a fun one. That'll be really yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I like what Maryland's been doing this year. Obviously, they got uh, wins over Oklahoma and Pitt, and you know stuff like that. So they're they're putting it together. I mean, they're still on paper not not favored to beat Michigan here, but um, they'll they'll have some good matches. So it should be fun. And they've got some fun wrestlers too, right? Like the Miller brothers, Jackson Smith. Like they are doing they're doing some fun things. Um, Clemson, yeah. Clemson's doing a good job there, and and clearly there's a foundation there that they could they could be a really fun team to watch moving forward. Oh, all of their good guys are are young, you know. Um, and then they've got a couple other guys coming into the lineup. Braxton Brown at 125 has been awesome. Um, so him versus Medley or, or McHenry, um, whoever they throw out there, is is going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be a fun duel, man. I'm super pumped. Yeah, here in Iowa, we've got uh, what Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are coming up to Russell, Iowa State, and you and I. Um, so we got duels Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so I was like, I was, <laughs> I was teasing dresser earlier this week. I was like, Hey, I'm going to be in Ames on Friday, but like mentally I'm going to be in state college. So like, yeah, you know, yeah. no funny business against the Sooners. Cause I got like, I'm going to be watching that duel. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that'll be awesome. Well, and then even after that, Michigan's got Oklahoma state at the, uh, about at the ballpark. So, yeah. That's in like, that's that shoot. That's in a week, right? It's Friday. Yeah. They've, uh, they've got a one hell of a stretch that they're going to be going through as well. So. Good times. That'll be awesome. All the college wrestling coming literally right at our faces. Going to be a blast. Clunch, I appreciate you coming on today, man. That's all we've got today, guys. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, we'll be back, I think, one more podcast later this week. I'm going to talk to all the coaches and uh, just try and lay down that audio for everybody to listen to before a busy, busy weekend of wrestling. So be sure to check your feeds probably sometime midday Thursday for that. Until then, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to the Des Moines Register. We don't want you guys to miss any of our wrestling coverage the rest of the season. Be sure to check out Clanch on the Blood Round podcast and Intermat. Is there anywhere else where people can check out your wrestling coverage? Uh, just uh, on Twitter, I'm tweeting out some stuff at Clonchinator. Follow at Clonchinator on Twitter. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon.